changed i'm always in a good mood justin that's true it's a new day that's true you are always in a good mood i am and it's friday so bing bong <laughs> lots to look forward to right yeah. bing like, bong. like that's the boston it. red go. Sox coming into town those pesky red Sox. let's shut them up set with the toronto blue jays should be a good weekend it will be a good weekend do you have any plans Gonna go down to the ballpark? I actually will be out of the city for two days. Oh. I'm going to my very first, not for me, uh, I'm going to my very first bridal shower for a friend. I've never been to a bridal shower. Never been to a bridal shower? Never really? been to a bridal shower. Okay. I did, I, none of my friends have really gotten married yet. This is. Oh, a, this is. The, this is uh, I'm tiptoeing into the world. Were, I thought you were into a bunch of. I've never been weddings. to a bridal shower. I've been to weddings, but I've never been to a bridal okay, shower. Okay, so now it's now it's like your your time and your friend's mm-hmm. time is is approaching. It's upon us. Yes, so I'm going to that Saturday. I'm sneaking in 18 in the morning. Wow. 6 a.m. tea time. It's not even light at 6 a.m. anymore. Yeah, I don't know how gonna I'm going to do cold. that. It's I'm gonna, gonna be, I'm that the first available tea time. Delay. <laughs> it's the first What's the first frost delay? Oh, I'd say within the next two weeks. It's chilly this yeah. morning, but I got a six a.m. tea time. I, I don't think we can even get off at six, so we'll just be waiting around until I can. Or I use glow in the dark ball. Maybe I use one of my neon ones. Then I got this bridal shower, and then Sunday is a big day for me, actually, Justin. Why? It's my first hockey game oh yeah we're there my my women's whatever isn't we're, that bright and early too yeah eleven forty-five. that's pretty got good a time. nice time but it's the start of our season a real competitive hockey season where you paid money and we got jerseys and we're in a league mm-hmm. and it's senior a you can't go much higher unless you're a pwhl draftee but i there didn't might be some scouts in the stands there might be sunday morning real scouts for like the I don't know, the uh, training squad for whatever this Toronto PWHL team will be. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Guess the last time I stepped on the ice was? Ooh, before we started this show together? Yes. Uh, I don't think you've played in a league. Nope. S- are we talking TMU days? We're talking CWHL. Oh, CWHL days. When I didn't get much ice time to begin with. No. I so are you, played, are you nervous? Yes. I haven't played in a competitive hockey game in years. I don't even know. I have to go. My brother has my hockey bag in his storage locker in his condo. So not in the bathtub Do anymore. I know if all my gear is in there? No. My skates are probably... You better get over to that storage That's locker. what I'm doing right after the show. A pro hockey life. I, I need a sponsorship run. from some sort of hockey... <laughs> Hockey store because I might need a stick. Okay. I might need. I might need a bunch. I. I definitely need my skate sharpen. Definitely. I feel like I should come to this game. I mean, I give you the. I give you the deets. It's a. It's a, an like arena a within the city limits. A little it's, before and after. It's a, an arena in the city limits. You might actually have fans come out because if you say what team if you're I, playing if for, I, if I share that, there might be a couple people. There could who be are some simps in, in the stands. There could be some simping. Some simping in the stands. And you know what? I'm like. Maybe I'll share next week where I'm playing. I need one week to get the rust off. I might yeah. need an actual, like, 
bag on the bench to throw up in. This is the girls are not kidding around. If you looked at our roster, all played D one NCAA. Okay, the, I was going to say people are uh, they're going to be looking to you for. No, I'm not the all star. There's for, there's the girls with better resumes than me on this best team. Best resume on the team. Uh, world champions. Okay. Into world championships. Not name drop represented there. No. I mean, you could get everyone coming to these games if we're talking about elite level. There are girls here. that went to the world championships and played wow. for their country on my team. Wow. Oh boy. You so have anyway, to tell me in the break. Yeah. So anywho, um, Sunday morning. If I don't make it Monday to the show, I'll probably because I can't walk. <laughs> I Which de- is very very possible. I definitely need like a true dynamic warm up on Sunday morning. <laughs> Okay. You were like throwing your hips around doing some stretching. I have to start. I, I really like, have to start. I was, I was pretty up. impressed by how far no, you got it's... your head or, or your uh, foot over your head. <laughs> okay, that sounds like I was, was doing gymnastics. Impressive. I was just stretching. You were standing and your leg was suddenly over your head. Well, I just need to start warming up now because Sunday's going to hit me hard when I honestly am trying to drive home, probably gassed. Mm. I'm going to need a couple energy drinks. So it's big Sunday for Sunday's me. Sunday's actually the perfect day for a recreational sport because you can just like, you just have the excuse for the rest right. of the day. You could order food. You could do nine hours on the couch and you'd never feel <laughs> bad. do that it. anyway. My, my league starts on Wednesday as well. I'm nervous. Wednesday. Well, we got a lot. Cause it's, it's getting harder and harder to like, you feel it more and more mm. as you advance in your age. Mm. And it's like, if you miss a week, you feel it when you come back, like you're not as good. I've missed a year, Justin. It's, that's some. You're still. You're that threshold is thirty. Thirty is the big threshold. I'm I feel not, like things I start to I'm fall apart yet. at thirty, and you're not there yet. So I don't know if I don't know if it'll be as bad. But I thought like I might have to do a month of like real training to even feel decent. Yeah. To start, and that's not gonna. Like happen. I would love Let's to. I would have loved to get out on the ice once before Sunday, like just one time. Mm-hmm. You it's know, not gonna tape my stick. Make sure I got shin tape in the bag. Like I gotta really dig in there. This and you can't just float around. I'm I'm, I'm gonna be floating. You, this for a is month. a real deal. I'm floating for a month. Just like just skate and see how involved you There's really no, want to be. The, the, we picked. The, this is the highest division. Apparently, this team that I'm joining. It's they've yeah, been world champions. It better be. They've been together for a while. They were silver medalists last be year. Like the teams and that's what that's the that is the move in men's league or beer league. Where you're so you're way too good for the league, but you just want to win or want to dominate a league, so, so you go like, play, play lower. Like C or B. That's what people do all the time. No, no, these girls are not messing around. They were legitimate competitors. Apparently, this league gets a little chippy. Like the girls care. Okay, this isn't your Sunday morning beer league. This is like they think it's a competitive league. So you're gonna be wearing the bubble? Yeah, that's not. I was actually. I have a. That's a good question. I have. My helmet right now, I know this for sure, doesn't have anything on it because I, last time I, I remember wearing it, I took off the cage or the you bubble. Took off the cage because I was hel- I was helping coach Justin, and I had to wear a helmet, but okay. I'm not going to coach with a bucket like with a cage on. I suppose. So last time I actually was on the ice when you I was still hel- get hit in the face. I was helping coach TMU, right? I was assistant coach at TMU, so I did have to go on the ice with helmets. Rules that matter to me. Anywho, so I know right now there's nothing on my helmet, so I have the decision to put on a cage or mm. my bubble. Which Did you I, have to buy the cage? No, I have both in my bag. I know this for certain. So I have to decide if I'm going to be a bubble girl or if I'm going to be a cage girl. So I'll, I'll give you a quick background. I wore a bubble when I played um, when I played in NCAA hockey because everybody wore bubbles in the States. Yeah. And I was... 
I think this is going to sound bad. I think you have to be one of the top five players on your team to wear a bubble. <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. But, but it's you, true. you have told me wrong? this before. Well, you cannot be a f- boys don't wear bubbles. Okay, so it's, it's not, it's not like, I don't different know, for girls, different for girls. but I don't get it. I you don't, can't like, be dusty and wear why? a bubble. Like, I don't understand because it's just, it causes a lot of eyesight. Like, oh, bubble, eh? like, oh, cool bubble. And if you suck, it's like, you, I'm surprised you wanted that attention because it is negative attention. Everybody in the States wears a bubble. It's different. When I came to, so it didn't matter in the States, yeah. but when I came and played my second college career at Ryerson or TMU, Nobody wore a bubble because it's not a Canadian thing yet. Like the girls weren't wearing bubbles, but yeah, I kept. I don't think it ever will be. But I kept my bubble on because I thought that I also, you know, I just came from state, so you I were that one was of cool. the top five players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I then I felt fine about it. But if I was dust, I couldn't have worn a bubble. I just it's a, it's, it's something, a status symbol. The bubble. It's something in the way the girls at least perceive the other girls. Then when I went to play pro, that bubble hasn't seen the light of day because that I was bench city. Like I was getting two shifts a period, jumping over on the four check on the PK. I'm not a bubble girl at that point. So your role, you you saw your role and yeah. you decided I have to. I have a to thousand percent. Really, the bubble has been in the little sleeve, the little Bauer sleeve that you put it in, so it doesn't. So get why don't up. why don't you do it the opposite way this time and start with the cage? Start with the cage, and if you start if dominating you start December, you're bubble. like filling the net. You put on the bubble and it's like interesting. It's, it's but I think I maybe I've just grown. It's a maybe I've just grown away from the bubble. But you know what? I don't know any of the girls on my team's style. Like the style is really important. Like I, you pride yourself on style. Yes. What? Yeah, the style. You know, you can't have you can't have dusty style. And if I show up on Sunday and the girls are like, you know, tongues out, laces in the pants, chrome cage, then I'm gonna have to reevaluate where I'm at. I suppose. You know, the, the tape up the stick. This isn't TMU anymore. Buddy, this is, these, these girls might be like really with chrome cages. I can't accept that. But you know with the white laces in the pants, like there's, a, there's ways you can elevate your style a bit. Tongues out. I'm not really like that. I, just, I, could, I could use a little freshening up I'm not myself. saying that that's the style I want to wear. I'm, it's just if I'm going to wear the cage or the bubble, it's the only decision I have to make. It's interesting because if style was anything you were concerned of as someone in my position, you would be mocked relentlessly. Well, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm not saying that we don't mock the girls too, but I just, it's, I don't know if the narrative's different. Work your way to the bubble. I think that's that's what you got to do. I think that's a safe pick. You show up in 2024 after like, you know, you're on a bit of a heater. I light the the league up. (laughs) It's not going to happen. But no, I have a simple cage, black cage, not chrome. Not the that weird brown gray, like metal looking one, just black, simple. Yeah, it's the right move. Okay, well you can. The chrome works for some people. No, unacceptable. Yeah, so big weekend. We'll see if I'm able to move next week. You had frozen grapes last night. Yeah, a little uh, cold for me. Oh, okay. But pretty good. You're right. I mean, you're right about the like what they can, what they offer you. They hold up to the freezer. Mm-hmm. But if you just like bite straight through the frozen grape, maybe you little need, jar. Maybe you need Sensodyne. Need sens- I need Sensodyne. You need Sensodyne. Another thing about getting older, I <laughs> I cannot eat frozen grapes anymore, and I'm actively getting worse at sports if I don't do anything for even a couple of days. <laughs> this show brought to you by Sensodyne and Chrome Cages. Okay, well, that was probably an exciting, most exciting part of your night was trying frozen grapes for the first time. So Yeah, it probably was because, uh, as we know, and as you probably know by now, if you're listening, uh, Blue Jays lost four in a row to the Texas Rangers in the biggest series of the season thus far. I don't even know if, I, I don't think we can, like, unless, unless, unless 
the last series of the year, I believe it's Tampa Bay. Mm. It's like, yeah, win two and you're in, win three and you're in, whatever. I don't think we can call anything else the biggest series of the season because they, this was, and if we continue to move the goalposts, then what are we even doing here? This was the biggest series of the season. If it went the other way, we don't even have to fret for the final two weeks of the season, but it went the way that they did where they need to be basically as dominant as they were against the four crappy teams they started the month with or ended last month with against American League East competition, of which or whom have absolutely destroyed them all season mm-hmm. long. So they are in the position they're in because they failed in the biggest series of the year. And that's not going to change unless it's a win and you're in scenario at the end of the season. They are in a really rough spot. They probably have to go 10 and 5 to get in, 9 and 6 minimum. That gets them to 89 wins. It's in a top-heavy American League, you need to, even with these teams that they're chasing playing mm-hmm. each other, I just don't think, I think you're going to need to win 90. So 10 and 5, 2 or 3, win every series 2 to 1 down the stretch, and maybe you're in. But, I mean, we, in terms of, like, real competition, real prospects of success and, you know, attaining and accomplishing something this year, I mean, we saw it. They're incapable of it. This was the time... And they got not only beat in four games, they got absolutely embarrassed across an aggregate four-game series, losing 35-9 to if you add up all the scoreboards. They got outclassed completely by a playoff team, and that seems to happen every time they meet a playoff team in the American League East. So I think this uh, this series told us the most about the Blue Jays, which are they're not one of the good teams or great teams in the American League, and there's something, I don't know, far less, much less, but definitely less, and that's all that really matters. We've been talking about how September is the period of the season where you get to rewrite the narrative. You can have X amount of bad months, but if a team gets hot, like we saw with the Texas Rangers who had a bad month, and now they look like they could be the team that they were most of the season. Are we, are we sure they had a bad month? Because they were. Exactly. They look like a team. But, and that can happen to any team in baseball. But you're really running out of time because you can say, oh, there's tomorrow, there's tomorrow's series, there's tomorrow's game against the Red Sox, but soon there will be no tomorrow and the Blue Jays will be on the outside looking in if they continue to play anything that resembles to the baseball they played the last four games. I really hoped for a character check throughout these four games. I really hoped to hear about how this team rallied together, how the veteran voices, which, I mean, they're pretty privileged to have George Springer Matt Chapman, Brandon Belt, Kevin Kiermeyer, who have put together over 150 postseason games. Like they have played so many important baseball games mm-hmm. where that stuff isn't nothing, right? Like those are people, those are players that have been there in the biggest moments. This team has some young players, youngish. Um, but if you're looking for a time to really come together as a team to show what you're made of, this was this four-game series. And I think we saw what they're made of, and that's a sad reality of it. I don't feel confident that the Blue Jays can go 10-5. and five. They, need to, they need to not only go 10-5, and five, let's say that's the number, they also need to beat the Seattle Mariners and Texas Rangers by at least one game because they don't have the tiebreakers anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about scoreboard watching and hoping that you know you just tiptoe in. You need to actually control your own destiny and that can be a really that might mean 11 wins it, the last and, and that can be a really motivating thing like if they would they sit in that locker room last night look around and say this is no more 
messing around, right? And they might have messed around too much at this point. But you look at this Red Sox series that starts tonight, and the Red Sox, they just played a doubleheader yesterday, and they showed up late in Toronto, and it is the most must-win game (laughs) that we've been saying since yesterday. But Mm -hmm. this is really... This is really it. Like you need, you've been given an opportunity against the Red Sox. who will be tired. The Red Sox team that's 74 and 73, who basically only is playing for not being under 500 and not being in last place against the Yankees. Like they, and they're playing spoiler. And to heap misery onto a team that is considered a And they just fired their GM yesterday. Yeah. Like they're not in a good spot. No, they're not. And so. Is that, does that matter though? I don't know. It doesn't matter because the Blue Jays, they shouldn't care about anything but themselves right now. And it looks like they've lost who they are as a team. And it's it's sad. Like, the tone can go from frustrated and again, they were booed off the field again last night. But it can also become, like, apathetic. And that's really tough. Like, you don't want to be not interested in what the Blue Jays do for the next 15 games. But where is your point of confidence right now as a fan, as someone that covers this team, that the Blue Jays have what it takes to go 11 wins over the next... I, I, I'm really struggling to find where that oh, point of confidence is. I mean, I thought you were going to put that to me and be like, okay, figure something out. I, I have nothing, honestly. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, that supporting cast, the, pri- the privilege that guys like Bo and Vlad have playing on a team with guys like George mm-hmm. Springer and Matt Chapman. I guess, I mean, kind of roll your eyes, and I wouldn't blame you if you rolled your eyes at, you know, including Matt Chapman in that. But the truth is they had... They have a they have that second tier that you would expect to win with, honestly. Mm-hmm. So you have superstar players, and again, haven't performed like superstars, or at least Vladdy hasn't. But a small collection of star, a next tier that has talent and experience and all that, and then a great pitching staff. And it's like, okay, what's going what's going wrong here? And that's the question we're always going to be asking ourselves. But I, I think if we did the truth serum thing where it'd be like, mm. okay, what what's really going on here? The look on George Springer's faces, or George Springer's face. He's got a bunch of faces. He's only had one, actually, and it's been a sad face. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much the entire series. I mean, just looking at him, it's like, that's not the guy who played for all those dominant teams and it was always having mm-hmm. fun. And it was it was like confidence and swagger and everything. And you're looking at him and it's like, he looks like... He's seen a ghost. He looks like there's no chance. And again, you're putting words in someone's mouth based and you're presuming and that's a dangerous game, I suppose. But body language does tell you a little bit Mm -hmm. about what they actually feel and what it's what it's like to be in that dugout right now. And I can pretty much ascertain that it's not fun and hadn't been fun being in that dugout over the last four games like something is not working something is broken it is dysfunctional in a certain way and you could like kind of point anywhere you want to go like clearly the pitching is running out of gas and clearly relying exclusively for four to five months on one aspect of the game to carry you through well that's not something that's going to last forever i mean kevin gosman chief among them was not good last night was not good last night the bullpen's been awful jimmy garcia i don't know what happened on that bunt or that swinging bunt, I guess it was. Was it a bunt? bunt? Yeah, it I was a bunt. I don't even know. Either way, he held onto the ball, and it didn't help him very much. Trevor Richards seems to have fallen off Trevor a cliff. Trevor Richards like, in the last five, seven games has an over 15 ERA, but it still gets trotted up. Like, these are things where it feels but, like you're but, flo- but, throwing in the, the towel sometimes. I guess, but you're just like, okay, it's worth, the, the, especially the pitching. Like, this is our team 
we just have to continue doing what we're doing from a pitching standpoint, I suppose, but they can't give you what they were giving mm-hmm. you because they've run out of ammunition. And eventually, you, at some point in the season, you had to win games in different ways. They've won games one way all season long, and that's on the back of brilliant pitching, and it does not last forever. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. It's just like, okay, I, I mean, I've spent, I've gave you everything, and you saw a lot of that frustration from Kevin Gosman last night. It wasn't working for him. It wasn't working from an umpiring pitching relationship standpoint. Like nothing was working when it came to the pitching last night for the Blue Jays. And I think that's a product of just reaching your wits end because of all the other failures Mm -hmm. of this baseball team. I mean, they were out hit. We know that outscored and outpitched. And that's the way that the four games went. Let me give you some quick stats on. I I want to play a couple clips too. Quick quick stats on how they were out hit. Vlad and Bo combined in the series four for 31. I don't know what the percentage of that is, but it's not Not good. good. Rangers players with four plus hits in the series, five. So five were more productive than both Vlad and Bo combined. Mm -hmm. Blue Jays had nine extra base hits in the four games. The Rangers hit eight home runs in the four games. Like just, it was just apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. One team that was hitting at a high level, one team that was doing the things offensively you need to do to be good teams, and one team just, you know, doing what they've done all year, which has not been good enough offensively. Okay, so a lot of this, I got a couple of things we want to play from John Schneider and Kevin Gossman because uh, they were in front of the media last night. Uh, and it's we're we're trying to figure out what the vibe is with this team, right? We are not in there. We're just watching either from the stands or from the TV. Uh, John Schneider was asked post-game if the team confidence, which is going to be really important if you want to win 11 of the next 15 games, probably the most important thing is can you actually believe that you can do this? He was asked if their confidence has taken a hit over this four-game series. John, you could certainly see it on the on the faces of the players how destructive the last couple of nights were. But how much does their confidence take a take a hit in a situation like this? Confidence? No. I mean, the guys that these guys are good. You know what I mean? We we had a series. You know, so I think that what you're seeing in their face is a result of the result that was over the last four games. So. Um, again, these dudes are resilient. You know, these guys, they do this, they've been doing this for a long time. So I don't think confidence is a, is a, a thing, um, that you have to worry about. You want to just, you know, move on to the next day. And these guys are really good at doing that. So, uh, yeah, bad four games and, and got outplayed and you have to try to, you know, fix it as soon as you can. I mean, if that's the true fact that these guys are still confident, then that's the only thing I have to hold on to because you do have all of the pieces, right? You had three opportunities, though, to turn the page. I totally agree. To forget what happened last night, and it just compounded. That would, you know, belie, I guess, they his theory there. They don't look like a confident team. Yeah. And they can sound like a confident team when they talk to each other, when they're in the clubhouse, when they're in the dugout. Like, they could sound that way. But confidence is also exuded visually, right? I think we saw it for a glimmer of hope yesterday. Vladdy got a home run, and it felt like, okay, maybe that's the thing they needed. One big hit, one mm-hmm. big turnaround, they lost the lead again. They also end up being down again to start another game. Like, the waves of confidence that you see that run through this team are certainly a roller coaster of emotion. Kevin Gosman didn't look too confident on the mound, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the pitchers that came in didn't look too confident that they La- were going to shut this down. Last starters bickering with the umpire through I mean, the umpire the game. sucked yesterday. Yeah. But, yeah. but you never really see Kevin Gosman show 
the, he's very stoic. He just does his craft and he's in and out. But he, he's he good. Was he's good enough that he knows when he's being yeah. shortchanged. And he, he did get shortchanged. Um, I mean, so team confidence. John Schneider, who would know them the best, thinks they still have it. Um, it's, it's easy to like confidence. It's easy to build it back up, right? Like in the space of well, look what happened with the Texas Rangers. They built their confidence up on a six-game streak. But, like, as much as it's like, okay, you can reset. You can put the Jenga whatever tower back together. If things are going the way they've been, the foundation's still a little bit more wobbly. Like, the, the, you lose the confidence quicker. It's mm-hmm. not about, like, hey, can we restore it again? It's about, hey, can we deal with the adversity that's immediately going to hit us over the head. And the fact that Vladdy hits that home run and immediately the lead is given up by Kevin Gosman. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's where it's like, oh, this is flimsy after all. It's flimsy because of the last three nights. It's flimsy because of the last four or five months. It's flimsy because this team hasn't proven to itself over the course of the season that they are resilient. I mean, I, I just feel like, yeah, you can come back to the ballpark and feel okay about yourself today. But if immediately you're hit over the head with some unfortunate event or a bad start or an unlucky play in the field, whatever it may be, can you build it back up in short order again? It's not about coming back to the ballpark next day. It's about dealing with it in the moment. And it doesn't feel like this team is dealing with it in the moment very well. Kevin Gosman was asked about the team as well. Their vibe check, uh, the pulse on how they're feeling about this because the last thing we want them to feel like also is that they've the season is lost or that they're not affected by the fact that the fans are booing them and they've lost four straight at home in a row on this series that was the most important. He talks about the team is unhappy with their performance. This is him postgame. Yeah, I mean, we're as pissed as anybody, obviously. Uh, you know, we, we're mad. So, yeah, I mean, we're all competitors. We don't like, we don't like what happened in this series and um, we got a bad taste in our mouth, but like I said, we can't we can't do anything right now but keep going. Uh, we got a good team coming in, a lot of good teams the rest of the way, and so uh, you know we got to we got to play good baseball from here on out to to have a chance. And so obviously, this last four days we didn't. Okay, if you're pissed, like power to you, but you better be pissed off at yourself, right? Like, and and there's you can use that emotion many ways. You can be pissed and you can feel short change and hard done by or you can be pissed and say i'm coming back tomorrow and we're stopping this narrative we're not gonna have our fan base booing us off the field we're not gonna allow our fan graphs page to get lower and lower and lower and our probability to make this postseason lower and lower and lower so they're showing emotion apparently by kevin gosman what what are you gonna do how are you gonna channel that yeah i mean it's just yeah it's not just emotion. Like, it's also process. Oh, and I mean, it's we've performance. Been, we've been talking, yeah, we've been talking about a pro, like, the, the thing that annoyed me the most about last night's game, and I mean, you're contrasting it against Corey Seager, who's an absolute, like, incredible ball player, mm-hmm. and just, what a hitter. But Bo Bichette, with Nathan Eovaldi, uh, wild, like, completely lost it for a moment, right? Bases could not, loaded. Could not hit the strike zone. No, he's crumbling. Bo, he's crumbling. I, think, I think Bo, completely crumbling. This is the moment where you keep the bat on your shoulder, they might just gift you runs. Mm-hmm. The runs you can't produce yourself, he may gift you them. And Bo, I think he took the first one, but he went up there for the next three pitches, I think, 
absolutely hacking. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't he understand. He swung a pitch in the dirt. Uh, breaking balls. He could, Eovaldi could not find the zone with his fastball, so he had to resort to breaking pitches that were breaking out of the zone. Mm-hmm. And Bo Bichette re-gifted the, the, the scenario yeah. back to Eovaldi. That was who, deflating. Who got himself set uh, and, and sort of settled himself for the next inning. He could not find the strike zone with his fastball. I, just just taking four pitches out of the zone and you're driving in, mm-hmm. I believe, the tying run at the time. Like, uh, that was the most frustrating. I could not imagine a guy like Bo Bichette in that scenario not picking up on the fact that Eovaldi couldn't hit the strike zone, that he just needed to lay off and the game's probably tied. It was really, that was the moment of the game. Like, oh, they're not Well, microcosm of everybody's plate approach this whole season, right? It, it looks so simple. Like, Buck Martinez and Dan Schulman easily put how simple it is to just realize that this guy's literally throwing pitches in the dirt and he's just walked three, two or three batters in a row and you're Bo Bichette and there's someone on third and you're what, I think the count was like 3-0 at this point. I've, I've never played baseball, but I've watched enough to think, hmm, if you don't swing at the pitch that's in the dirt, maybe something happens positive offensively. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like, I don't know. Like, we'll talk to Jeff Blair. We'll have Jeff Blair on at 8 o'clock. We keep talking about, is there too much going on? Are they getting too much information? Is it information overload? Or is there not enough information overload? But at some point, you've played the game your whole life. Like, you're in that situation where... Those are... No, that's beer league softball basics. That's it. If the guy suddenly cannot hit the strike zone... Dumb it down. You accept the gifts. And it might be pressure, so much pressure, bases loaded, your Boba Shet. Like, you need to get this team out of a slump. You're hearing this from your one hitting coach, which they probably will not be a part of this organization I next year. I can imagine they would. I can think that that's a simple one. Um, you're hearing too much from your hitting coach, from your family, from your other guys in the dugout. But just, like, it's like horse blinders. Like you're the player. You're the professional. You've played baseball your whole life. Sometimes it just feels like you've got to simplify, and maybe they're not doing that. Um, okay. Got lots of time to talk Blue Jays. We got Jeff Blair at 8. We'll have Haley Salvian on at 8.30, which is exciting because we've got uh, Monday is the inaugural PWHL draft. We're also going to carry the broadcast on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet Plus. Uh, CBC's TV coverage will simulcast that. She'll be on it. Uh, very, very big day on Monday. And we'll have Charles Davis on at 7. Are you going to hang around there, by the way? No, Are you going to go? Yeah, you definitely check and see if they call me from the stands. Sleeper pick with the fifteenth. I'll be Mister Irrelevant, no problem. Uh, Charles Davis, of course, seven o'clock. Our guy. Uh, we got a chance to talk to R.J. Barrett, who was also on the Blue Jays broadcast last night, which was really awesome. He brought us medal down in the ballpark. Dan and Buck got to chat with him for uh, I think half an inning there, which was really great. Get perspective. He's really proud. Uh, we we chatted with him yesterday uh, to play today because travel and such. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it's really he's got such a special story. His dad was Olympian. He's going to be an Olympian. You just think about that lineage alone is pretty incredible. But the fact that he's doing it with a team that has so much motivation, so much momentum going into next season and next year in Paris Olympics, it's it just means a little bit extra to RJ Barrett. So we really enjoyed our chat with him yesterday. Yeah, it was cool to talk to him. I'll do that at 730. Uh, it, it, it's... 
It, he's the guy who's been, he has been the face of it. I mean, it's it's easy to p- place him in there because, you know, his father put together mm-hmm. the team and he's felt that responsibility. He's been around the team even before he really should have been around the team. I, I suppose, at least unless, you, you know, you're a normal member or a normal basketball player coming up and, and try to making, uh, try and make your name uh, in the system uh, and in the sport. Um, but like, I, it, 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 that situation that he's in has made it so that he's worn it. And mm-hmm. and if you're thinking about guys who you're proud of or you liked seeing uh, actually get the reward of all the dedication, yeah, RJ's there and Kelly Olenek's there and, and Dwight Powell's there. But, like, it does feel like by association, RJ Barrett isn't in many ways the face mm-hmm. of Canadian basketball. Like, uh, Shea is there, but RJ's been front and center for so long in this. So it was cool talking. I think he was the first, like, real Canadian basketball player other than like, you know, the legendary ones that I remember following in the last little bit of my up and coming as a basketball fan. Like, I don't know if it was just because of the connection with his dad and obviously the Olympics being an important part of, but I just remember it was a lot of hype. Duke, a lot of RJ Barrett. Yeah, Duke. Zion, New York. Yeah, like like he, he was certainly a face of someone that helps with, with growing Canada basketball. He's still like the second youngest player on that team, which is crazy. That is crazy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to chat with him. Um, Charles Davis at 7 to help us break down, which was kind of a snooze fest of a Thursday night football game. Thursdays, when's the last fun Thursday night football game you watched? I mean, you look at the box score, it's like, that's decent. Mm. I mean, it was a backdoor it cover, I guess. turned decent at the end. Turned decent, but like in the second quarter, Philly just decided, hey, you can't stop us running the ball. We're going to run the ball. And they just like bled out the entire second quarter clock. Yes. And it was just like, uh They ran for 259 yards on the ground. And yet it was like an explosive day. Fantasy score for Jalen Hurts. But like, did hey, he... Hey, who's got Jalen Hurts? Couple over the top. But it was also like, is that is is Philly still... It was still sloppy. It was sloppy. Both teams were sloppy to start that game with like four turnovers in the first quarter and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah. Philly still has the grace of like slowly tiptoeing into the season and building towards and pacing themselves. You know, Tampa Bay Lightning style where they just don't... They don't have to be like... Wow, we are completely on 100%. This is our A plus effort in the first couple of weeks of the season. They have, they have um, earned that for themselves, that status. But it just felt like I'm not sure really about Philly. I'm not sure if they're destined to go back to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if they're better than the 49ers. I don't think they've proven that yet. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that Jalen Hurts has a little bit more, and the Eagles have a little bit more of a leash. Just they because... couldn't throw the ball early. No, no they, they could anybody. The game, the game was sloppy, 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 sloppy. Uh, starts with the Hollow Notes theme song. <laughs> Did you catch that? I missed that? that. I missed that. Well, like you know, Thursday Night Football, new new vibes, and they started playing. I had looked up at my TV. I'm like, what's going on here? It was like the Maple Leafs goal song was playing on the TV, mm. and I was in this like weird. I felt like I was in this like mid dimension of the, the Leafs are coming around the corner and Thursday Night Football. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah. It just it ended up being a little bit of a better game. Thursday night football. I I don't know if it's just a quick turnaround. It just it always leaves me wanting more for Sunday, and that's kind of how it felt. Um, I don't know if you have any DeAndre Swift fantasy holdings, but his return back home was a good one. Yeah, it was pretty good. He was part of the story. He was definitely part of the story. I guess it's going to be good running behind that offensive line because, mm. uh, again, that's exactly what they did in the second quarter, and he and he definitely racked up the stats. But old Jalen Hurts is going to poach all those one yard runs from him. So as soon good as the, for you. as soon as the ball gets close to the uh, to then yeah. I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to pop that one in there, and get a touchdown. Uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, obviously, he's been a 
big storyline coming into the season and before, what, 5,000 career receiving yards last Already, night? Already, yeah. Already. Uh, 52 career games. And we also That's incredible. And he also put the worst rule in football on display. And I wanted to bring that up. Okay, give us your take. Oh, no, uh, not even the worst rule in football. I think it might be the worst rule in sports. It's a really bad rule. What are? Why does that exist still? The I, touchback rule. I, I don't. I don't. I guess. Like, do you guess? I, I don't what? even know. Like, is it like a? You don't want to advance the ball forward with a fumble. Like, that's a thing, right? In football, mm-hmm. like, if you're, you shouldn't be able to gain yards by throwing it forward out of bounds mm-hmm. or something stupid like that. But it just seems like. The game doesn't need that rule anymore. And if you're talking about offense, Mm -hmm. you're talking about, hey, we want to see scoring. I mean, there's got to be like, there's got to be a better rule from that. Even even putting Jefferson and the Vikings back at their own 20 because you fumbled it through the end zone would make more sense. Why you would lose possession when if it's an inch the other Mm -hmm. way, doesn't go over the pylon. You what get does the that ball, one inch mean? You get the ball at the one inch line. Like it makes no sense uh, that that is the consequence uh, for trying to extend and get to the goal line. Like that's what you should be teaching your players or wanting mm-hmm. your players to do is have the nose for the end zone. If you're reaching out as a ball carrier and it slips out of your hands before you break the plane and you not only don't get the touchdown, but you lose possession, <laughs> it, it makes no sense. If I was a new, it's not a clean recovery. That the only way you can change possession or transfer possession mm-hmm. on a fumble should be a clean recovery. I don't think there's something that ignites us more as a collective football community than when that rule is comes into play. It's trending the second worst rule in sports, but I I truly a don't understand the logic behind it. But b think it's outdated and doesn't need to exist anymore. Is there a worse rule in football? Is there a worse rule in sports? Honestly, is the question today because I can't. I'm trying to think. Okay, what rules in hockey don't I like? The foot kicking it, not kicking it, deflecting off your foot into the net. That kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but off like, the glass. You also understand. The I reason understand for that. that. You don't yeah. want guys. You know, totally get it. No kicking in the crease. Got you don't it. want daggers being thrown around when they don't need to be. That one, I I understand the like. I understand when the rule maker sat down that they had maybe something to hold on to with that one. Flipping the puck out of your zone out into the stands. Yeah, sure. Delay a game. I, I, can, I can get that. Is there anything in the NBA that's a rule that pisses me off like the touchback? I don't, not really. It's, it's, and, and I should, Baseball? We, should, we should open it to the text line. If, yeah, you, this if, is you a good under, if you understand this rule, why this rule was implemented, let us know because we don't. Or is but there a rule that's worse? It feel, or if there's a rule that's worse. I, 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 it feels like, hey, this is like the first time they were thinking about it. It's like, that, you know, it'd be fun. If there was just this like curveball, like the if you stupid if, rule, yeah, we don't know what to do in this scenario. So why don't we just do the opposite of what makes the most sense? Uh, it just feels like it was, it was something that doesn't really jive with <laughs> the current playing Anyhow. of football. But and I mean, it still it was exists. one of the most exciting things that happened. It turned the game. Hmm. It really did maybe turn the that, game. Maybe that's what they I mean. Wanted. The Vikings at that point had some momentum. The Vikings would have taken the lead, I believe, on that score. Taking the lead back mm, on that score. Yes. It was a one-score game in the end. Philly couldn't really stop Minnesota by the end of the game, at least it seemed based on the box score that I saw. They scored in the, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter twice. I, I mean, it, it really did have a fundamental impact on the result of the game, and it's something that no one can really make sense of. Maybe we'll ask Charles. 
One last one. That's here. actually a, yeah. So he, you know what? what He's do. the perfect person to ask. With all due respect to our Crazy. text line, we should probably ask. <laughs> 7 a.m. We can ask Charles. Charles uh, and we'll talk to him about our new secondary bestie, Ian Eagle. Uh, one last one here before we take a break. Go to the A-list. Um, we thought that the story kind of went away or was going to go away. The Babcock Columbus Blue Jackets investigation, but it seems to actually be getting a little hotter. Um, Elliot Friedman saying, quote, it appears things have changed. When information was received that some of the younger Blue Jackets were uncomfortable with what had occurred, that appears to be the major focus of this investigation. So it caught a lot of steam, quieted out as we thought that maybe this would have blown out of proportion, but apparently the NHLPA and Marty Walsh and Ron Hainsey are actually going and still have met with the Blue Jackets players in Columbus a meeting described by several sources as, quote, intense. Mm. So things have actually stepped up a little bit. Yeah. Um, he writes that we'll see how this progresses after over the next 24 hours. Obviously, we we there's two major different sides of the story. One is that he took players' phones and looked through them and put them on the air, air play onto the TV. And, Which still, when you say it, seems a little, yeah, it seems ridiculous, it does but seem maybe ridiculous. a little hyperbolized. Yeah, and, and, that, and that totally could be the fact. Like, I'm going to look at your photos and see what kind of person you are, was how Paul Bissonnette, Spit and Chicklets put it. Mm-hmm. We then hear from two players on the team that were like, oh, no, no, he just wanted to, like, take a look at my Veteran family. Veteran guys and, who make money. For and sure. like, hey, Johnny, can you do us a favor here? We just paid you and $80 maybe, million dollars or and whatever. And maybe that's the case. And they laid it out differently. Almost like a nice, wholesome, let's share yeah. stories about my family and you can get to know me because you're a new coach and even if we meet in the middle it seems that some people have pushed back on the idea that it was just a nice wholesome meet and greet with mike babcock to get to know them so if that's the case this is completely different outlook and maybe the end of his tenure already and if they're really getting this much more investigation to me something has come out that means we're actually going to go to columbus and this intense, quote-unquote, intense meeting has been happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, Maybe something more to this. Yeah, it only takes one, right? It really only takes one young player to be like, I didn't like that for it to be real. And as much as Johnny Gaudreau might have had a pleasant experience sharing photos with Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner had, uh, like, had no reason to feel like it was weird, if Babcock's doing this with everyone and gets to, like, the 19th guy on the team and he's like, We've been doing this uh, with all the players. Let me see your phone. Like if he just, if it's like, if if it's in any way not the experience Jenner and Gaudreau mm. presumably had, like, yeah, it could be easily seen or viewed or experienced as very negative and a violation of privacy. And if it's one guy who feels like that, there probably is going to be some sort of consequence. I mean, it seems like they're taking this very seriously. They should take it seriously. And they will take it more seriously because it's Babcock who, guess what, has a reputation of making people feel uncomfortable, making people feel like they have less power in the dynamic, the coach-player dynamic. And if he continues to try to, like, intimidate or use tactics or even it's perceived that way, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to get burned by this. And so apparently this investigation, which has kept going and intensifying, um, has included contacting some players from the Maple Leafs who played under Mike Babcock. And we know how that tenure went. We know there's some tension, to say the least, there. So, I mean, maybe they're trying to see if this is a reoccurring process that he's gone through. But I wouldn't say that he's left a happy trail of 
memories at other uh, other stops. Um, Columbus is is <laughs> yeah. participating fully in, in the investigation. Babcock was at the prospects tournament Thursday, where they also beat the Leafs seven three. It's just a prospect tourney. That's okay. Not going to lose sleep over that one. <laughs> some of the names are some new individuals that I'm learning about. So that's exciting. Anyway, we'll keep you updated because. Uh, it didn't go away quietly into the night. It has actually intensified. Let's take a break. We've got some stuff for the A-list. Charles Davis at 7, RJ Bear at 7.30, Jeff Blair and Haley Salvian to wrap up our final hour on a Friday on the Fan Morning Show. All that to come. Justin and Ailish. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? Okay, I'm going to give you two, you get to pick two or three, probably, in terms of time for A-list stories. Uh, you can have Jason Kelsey, you can have Kirk Herbstreet, or the PWHL draft ponderings. Okay, uh, because we're going to revisit the PWHL, can we, can we put that off to the side? Yeah, it's a good Till the one. 8 a.m. hour? It's a good one. Okay, let's start PWHL. So, well, yeah, let's, let's yesterday, they released... Choose my own adventure. Yesterday, yeah, I, I kind of chose it for you, but we'll get one more in there. Yesterday, they released the list of 268 players that were eligible for the PWHL draft. And okay. that meant uh, you kind of applied, but also there's a couple of pieces of criteria in there. Not not too much. They want to make sure people can join. Anyway, right. 268 players eligible. And there is a name named Natalie Kayangana, who has zero online evidence that exists that she is a real human. Okay. Okay. On the draft list, she doesn't have a birthday and doesn't say that she played at all last season. When you search her name online, the only evidence that she's a human is the connection to this article where her name pops up. Is this you? <laughs> no. She's listed as a Canadian player in the PWHL draft. The only time her name is mentioned on the internet is the context of this list. It, we're trying to figure out. It's very, 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 very strange. Um, nobody knows who this person is. But what not that what the process was supposed to filter out and this is a great question to ask Haley at 8 30 okay. is who okay. is natalie okay is natalie if you're an, natalie is natalie know, an ai in. person so there's two ways this goes maybe natalie has a new last name she got married and we don't she's okay. never That's used natalie kyan ghana ever in her life okay or this is like an ai human or this is someone trolling but didn't really input any other information um, very, very strange, and you cannot find her anything about her. Like, and you know how girls are like, "Oh, you give me my, give me someone's name, and I'm an FBI agent. Like, I can find someone's oh, yeah. ex girlfriend." No, oh, yeah. no chance that this person has any any internet footprint. It's very strange in okay. this world. That is strange. Uh, did you go through this list? Two hundred sixty-eight players. Yes, with I a did. Tooth comb. I, just, I certainly looked at every did single you name. S- discover natalie or this is no no, no. somebody else actually shout out to a ben steiner who has been covering this uh you sports who's on the natalie what was her last name kyan ghana kyan ghana i can't even say it kyan ghana kyan ghana beat yep somebody had to be okay. on the beat and so we'll stay tuned on who, let's figure it maybe we can figure who out in who the world is. is natalie yes if you're natalie listening 
Text What's in. What's going on, Natalie? Let Where'd you play story. last season? What's your birthday? It's so you strange. You wear a bubble or a cage? Oh, we also have a bubble and cage uh, perspective in the text line where somebody said, well, you can, why don't you wear the half bubble, half cage until you make a decision? I think that might be the worst look in oh. the history of sports. It's ringette-esque, but you know what I'm talking about, bubble into the cage. Yeah. Oh. The worst, though. That's Jesse Woodbridge, Jesse. What did you call it? Sty? Stye, stye. The worst stye in hockey is the referees who use the half cage instead of the visor. That is brutal. Brutal look. Very bad. You're like the bird cage. It's the bird cage. It's just like a half cage. It's just brutal. Uh, Okay, fit one more in here. Do you want uh, Jason Kelsey or Kirk Herbstreet? Herbstreet. Yeah, Herbstreet's a good one. Okay, this guy's absolutely animal. You just traveled from... um, Europe yourself? Sure. Was yes, it a direct flight or connecting? It was. Delayed, though. Oh, boo-hoo. Listen to what the next 72 <laughs> hours of Kirk Herbstreet's life will do. Thursday night football, which we just did last night, um, Vikings-Eagles, flies home to Dayton, Ohio, Friday night for his son's game. So this was last Thursday? This, this is like yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, Vikings and Eagles last night. Okay. Goes today to go to Dayton, Ohio for his son's game. Oh, so this is a live traveling report. Yeah, he's mid he's mid travel. Okay. Then he's going to college game day in Boulder, Colorado, for which is going to be an incredible scene. Yes. Then he's going to Gainesville after that for the nighttime uh mm-hmm. Tennessee and uh, Florida game. Then going home Sunday around three AM after all of this. He's going to travel over 2,500 miles, I believe, not counting going to Philadelphia home Saturday night. Like, those are just the job locations that he's going to. To do, like, 17 different jobs in two days. Like, Dan Shulman was grinding during yeah. the FIBA World Cup and the Blue Jays. You can have too many jobs. But grinding within the GTA. Like, I understand. This guy's getting, grinding all over yeah, the country. The, I understand, like, getting the bag and all that stuff. You know, you get it while you can. But he's doing ever. Like, we can't have anyone else. Like, can you really give a full effort on all these? I think yeah, I think you might not be able to. Pretty pretty difficult, I would think. No, the flying from Colorado from Saturday morning college game day to Saturday night Tennessee, Florida. I think he does that every Saturday. That's pretty that's phenomenal. But he's only recently not that flight, but he's only recently added Thursday. Like Thursday night football last year was the first year for Amazon, right? And he started mm-hmm. with Al Michaels last year. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I there was some criticism over over his job at the NFL level. But, like, I understand it. You have so much to prepare for. The one Saturday, the, the Saturday from hell makes sense. He does the pregame mm-hmm. and he does the actual game. But you're adding the NFL game into that. I mean, something's got to fall short. And I'm going to be a dad and seeing your, dad, your, your kid's game on Friday night. It's good parenting right that. there. It's good, good parenting. parenting. Okay. Maybe, maybe not, like, the best information. But well, good we parenting. know where Charles is, Jacksonville, calling Chiefs Jags on Sunday. So he's there ready to talk with us, tell us what the touchback rule means and why we still exist. Um, and then yesterday we talked to Ian Eagle, and we know a fun quirk about Charles Davis that we learned yesterday at 8.30 with Ian Eagle. We'll bring that up with him next. Charles Davis, NFL and CBS color analyst after the break.